Can you remember what you were doing on this exact date 10 years ago? I know I can't, and I'll be very impressed if you can. But one thing most people will remember is that horrible sinking feeling that everyone's life was about to hit a bit of a speed bump. The world's economy was being torn apart, and at home, the Celtic tiger was collapsing into a heap. Now think ahead to 2029, and imagine yourself thinking back to today. How much will your life and the Ireland around you have changed by then? Welcome to Ireland 2029, Shaping Our Future. We're partnering with Volkswagen to look at 10 big ideas that could transform Ireland over the next 10 years. This week, we're looking at giving Dublin an iconic high-rise skyline. Ireland's population is only increasing and we don't exactly have a good grasp of housing as it is right now. So should Dublin lead the way by building up rather than out? I'm your host, Nikki Ryan, and this is Ireland 2029 Shaping Our Future. Joining me in studio to discuss this further is Orla Hegarty. She's an architect and she's also assistant professor at the School of Architecture, Planning and Environmental Policy in University College Dublin. Orla, you've one minute to give your reaction to the proposal. Can we give Dublin an iconic high-rise skyline by 2029? The important thing, I think, is firstly to define what we're trying to achieve here. Um, If it is a case of having a a skyline that that looks attractive from the distance, that's one thing. But if we're trying to solve the housing problem, if we're trying to get development quickly and sustainably, and if we are trying to do that uh, at affordable levels for people to achieve housing, well, then that's a different problem. And the solutions to that are quite different. The planning rules have been changed, but there's a lot of uncertainty about what that actually means on the ground. So it isn't the case that people can immediately start building very tall buildings in Dublin. There still are permissions to be sought and there are still a lot of other things to be looked at. But even if it were the case that we said tomorrow morning anybody can build to any height in Dublin, uh, nothing would happen without development finance. Uh, And financing these buildings can be very difficult and very slow. And you'll see in other cities it sometimes misses the cycle. Uh, By the time they get permission for big buildings, it doesn't happen. So even if all rules were taken away tomorrow and the sky was the limit, limit, it's quite unlikely that money would flow in to build all of these tall buildings in Dublin because people would look very closely about what the market is for who would buy them, who would pay high rents on them and all of the risks that would go along with building a building of that size. Here with me now to bash this out a bit more is reporter with the journal.ie, Grania Nye. She's also producer of this episode of Ireland's 2029. Grania, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Listening to Orla there, I still can't shake the feeling of what I want Dublin to be. I'm just back from a lovely holiday in Barcelona where there are streets after streets of these mid-rise apartment buildings. And although Barcelona shouldn't be looked at as the perfect housing solution, it's still the sort of thing that I would love for Dublin to become like. And I love Dublin as it is, but I am kind of thinking, where am I going to live in a few years time? So, Grania, explain, why is Dublin so low rise? Uh, Yeah, and I think similarly, when I think about the future, I imagine a silver skyline, Um, not necessarily for Dublin, because it is so low and so old. And that seems so important to its character. So it's an interesting topic. Like when you look at Dublin and compare it to other European cities, say, that have historic buildings as well, 
Dublin's described as low rise, but it's actually much lower than that. Paris is low rise and Dublin's 30% lower than that. And we're behind Amsterdam and Stockholm in terms of how tall our buildings go. Average, the average height for a building in Dublin is around four to six storeys in the city centre, in the kind of core of the city. And that is kind of gradual decline as you go out of the city. It goes lower and lower, obviously. Um, But that's in keeping with the old Georgian buildings. Even though if you compare Dublin to other Georgian cities like London, we're far behind in terms of the average height of our buildings and uh, the most, the the tallest buildings, say, we have in the city centre. And as you just touched on there, Dublin does have some high rise buildings. I mean, most people will know Liberty Hall, of course, a famous example. My dad actually worked on the building of that years ago. Um, further down the keys, you'll see Capital Dock, which is a towering apartment building. So, Granny, what is the current situation around building high rise in Dublin? So as of now, buildings can be a maximum of 60 metres in the city centre. Uh, Liberty Hall, for example, is 59.4 metres, so it's just uh, in there underneath the the limit. And then in other areas, there are pockets where you can build higher again. So there's strategic development zones in the Docklands where the Capital Dock building is, and that is 79 metres. And there are other areas where you can build taller in George's Quay, areas around Connolly and Houston as well. So that's kind of the situation in the city centre at the moment. But developers are really looking to push upwards so we can make best use of our city space. But Grania, when you're talking there about how there are areas around Dublin where we can build high rise, we then have developers taking ads out in newspapers. People would have seen an ad recently where developers are trying to add two storeys onto the Salesforce building, which would have brought it from nine storeys to 11 storeys. And they, that was still turned down. Those ads turned out to be linked to Johnny Ronan, who most people would know as being a developer who was behind Google's headquarters and a convention centre in Dublin. But we're kind of in a weird situation now, aren't we, where we have developers taking out ads pleading to build up. We have rules where we apparently can build up. Now we have the Minister for Housing, Owen Murphy, saying as well build up. So what's going on? Yeah, so Minister Owen Murphy has added another kind of element to the mix, which are these guidelines um, at kind of instruction to local authorities and and on board Planala to kind of push uh, our buildings taller than they have gone traditionally. So he talks about building, uh, actively pursuing to build taller in main areas of activity and in the cores of towns and cities in Ireland and talks about lifting overly restrictive maximum heights is how he phrased it. He makes quite an emotional plea in the foreword as well. He says, our cities and towns must grow upwards, not just outwards, if we are to meet the many challenges ahead. Constant expansion of low density suburban development around our cities and towns cannot continue. The increased level and cost of infrastructure it generates, the energy intensive transport systems needed to fund it and the loss of prime green land, which once developed, is irreplaceable. That's quite an emotive thing to the individual to say we need to change something or else our lives are going to be impacted in this way. And that's a big question that we do need to ask at the end of the day. If we're going to make life better, if we're going to make our cities more efficient, is this something we should be doing? Okay, Grania, actually, to get a better picture of what's going on here, I think it's time to brave the seagulls and go for a quick walk around Dublin city centre. I'm here with Kevin Duff from Antashka. 
and we're going to have a little stroll around Dublin city centre to discuss how high-rise in the city's historic core could negatively impact the Dublin we know today. We're standing outside the Custom House right now on the Quays in Dublin and we can already see a few high-rise buildings. Liberty Hall is towering over us to one side, across the river is George's Key Plaza and even further down we can see Capitol Dock which will be 22 storeys high. And now another high-rise building is popping up here, a development by Johnny Ronan that will become Dublin's tallest building. Kevin, you've called the decision to allow the new building a catastrophic error. Can you explain why and what the impact on the Custom House might be? Um, so yeah, the Custom House is one of the great uh, 18th century Georgian landmarks of Dublin and it's a listed building, protected structure. The problem is proximity to, I mean, this new building will be, you know, almost directly opposite the Custom House. And it's going to throw, in winter time, it's gonna throw shadows. In the afternoon, it's gonna, you're gonna have a shadow sort of cr crawling across the facade of the Custom House. You know, and it's a really important building. So it's a mistake to allow um, a, higher, a 22 story high rise building here. It's the wrong location. And it's also, it will also be highly visible from Trinity College, which is just at the end of the street there, and from O'Connell Bridge, and from College Green also. It will stick up like a sore thumb, as seen from College Green. Um, so these are really you know, sensitive historical areas and buildings of Dublin, which you know, should, be, should be properly protected. You know. We're now over on Pierce Street where there's a lot of building work taking place right now. Um, let's think of an outlandish example here. A 40-storey tall building plonked here in the middle of Dublin City. What type of impact would that have? Well, I mean, the, the effect of a high-rise building in a place like this would be absolutely enormous. If you look at, say, the, the famous example in Paris is, is the uh, Tour Montparnasse, but it's a, it's, it's a very high-rise building sticking up in the centre. And after that was built, it was decided that it had such a, a negative effect that it was decided that high-rise from then on would be located outside the um, periphery. The effect here would be similar in a place like this in Dublin. And just there's a lot of talk about skyline. You'll see people say, well, Dublin doesn't have a skyline. What skyline means really is, is, is not so much the sort of a view of the city across the rooftops, but the sort of feel and the scale of the streets. We're down in Temple Bar now, and if we look towards Westmoreland Street, we can see Hawkins House dominating the skyline in the east. But if you look west, it looks like a very different city. I suppose Temple Bar was a good example of renovating, regenerating an area and keeping the keeping the existing character. So it was a success with the new buildings that were built in Temple Bar, generally speaking, well, sort of in the, in the central part of Temple Bar, the new buildings maintained the existing scale and, and sort of intimate character of, of the area. It shows that uh, you need to, to look at the existing character and, and build on it and, and preserve it. So yeah, so like higher buildings in a place like this obviously will, will be very inappropriate.
when we're chatting about building high rise, it is very, very important to talk to the people who will likely be responsible for building the buildings we're talking about. I mentioned Johnny Ronan earlier on. We invited him on this podcast, but he wasn't available. Instead, his company put forward Paul O'Brien. He's chair of Henry J. Lyons & Co. and architect of the new 22-storey Tower Street development. Paul joins me on the line now. Paul, my first question is very simple. Does Dublin need to go high rise? We do need to go high rise and we do need to go high rise in, in Dublin. But it doesn't need to be in the historic core areas and it won't be in the historic core areas. It should be in certain areas that can take it. Um, so there are specific areas around uh, Dublin that can take high rise. And why do we need to go high rise? We need to go high rise because we need greater densities in terms of both occupation for um, for working, but also for living. If we don't have greater densities on uh, sites, it just means the whole city will spread out, you know, into neighbouring counties, and we'll end up with uh, greater congestion. Um, the discussion around high rise often comes back to whether it's actually worth building quite tall and that instead it might be better to focus on mid rise but high density and the sweet spot being around six stories. The thinking being, according to some reports, that beyond that it's too expensive and it's it's no longer affordable and you get increased maintenance costs. I mean, are we talking about building high rise, meaning we are locking out lower middle income earners from that type of property? No, I don't understand. I've seen that sort of commentary uh, in in the press and, you know, indeed on radio, but I don't understand where that sort of uh, comes from. Because even if you look around Dublin, there are plenty of uh, 12-storey developments, there are, you know, residential developments, and even up to actually 17, 18, 19 storeys in select areas. And it isn't that they're more expensive to create. Um, so I don't know where that comes from. I believe it was a Dublin City Council study that found a building up to six storeys. That's where you hit that kind of sweet spot of affordability and a nice level of density. And beyond that, you get into the sort of complications with high rise, such as fire safety and increased maintenance costs. No, um, I'll take it one by one in terms of fire um, there, there aren't, you know, there, when you go up higher, there are different uh, mechanisms that you bring into play to deal with uh, fire safety. Um, but in terms of uh, cost of construction, um, not really. Once you're, uh, you know, at the same site, you're just increasing, you know, the, the floor plates, you know, so it, it's standard construction. It is not anything to do with additional costs. Another concern we've heard mentioned is that in Ireland, a high-rise building can cast quite a significant shadow. Uh, I know that has been a concern raised about the Tara Street development. How much of a determining factor is that when choosing a location? Yes, uh, that was a strange one on Tara Street because I was involved in that. But what we actually proved is that the taller building uh, actually uh, would have less of a shadow impact than a, a lower squatter building. That is actually true. When you have a bulkier building, it casts, it, particularly in the winter evenings or, or winter mornings, it casts a longer shadow, a bigger shadow, wider shadow than a, a taller building. 
So I don't think that that is an issue. I really don't. And uh, in terms of locations, if you had it outside of uh, the historic core, you'd be looking at all of that shadow impacts, uh, overshadowing sunlight, daylight, all of those uh, have to be assessed on each particular site. So it's not a carte blanche that you would be developing tall buildings everywhere. You would have to assess it in terms of visual impact, in terms of uh, overshadowing, in terms of sunlight, daylight, all of those assessment criteria. Circling back to one thing you mentioned earlier on about how we should avoid a core historic area, where do you see as the main areas that we should be building high-rise? Should it be considered at all in the core historic areas of, of our cities? Or should we be focusing on areas like in Dublin, Connolly, Houston, out in the Docklands? As your, your last scenario is absolutely right. I don't think you would be building high-rise in the historic core. I don't think that that is appropriate. Uh, I think, you know, it is a lot to do with visual impact. But where you have areas like Houston, where there are really good uh, rail uh, networks, you know, really good uh, transportation systems. Um, so Docklands, uh, Houston, Connolly, all of those, they're all areas that should be developed. And finally, just to finish up, um, a little bit of crystal ball gazing here. Um, there have been some indications from Minister Owen Murphy that he wants to see more high rise. Do you think we're about to see that as a new phase of Dublin's development where we actually start building high-rise? Do you think that we are on the cusp of that? At the moment, we haven't seen any of what Minister Murphy um, has described. Um, it's really been more of the same. We, we haven't seen it. So if we're to grab the opportunity to get there, as you said, by 2029, there has to be a, a shift, a far greater shift uh, within the local authorities. Orla Hegarty, who you heard at the start of this episode, joins me again. Orla, the sort of comments we've heard, especially from government on high rise, they sound very nice in theory, build up and prevent sprawl. But is that how it works in practice? I think the mistake is to think that it's either sprawl or high rise. There has been a lot of work done over a lot of years on how to do that sustainably, how to gradually build up the city, which locations are appropriate for taller buildings, um, what capacity there is in the city as it stands at the moment to take a higher population. And in some ways, we're very lucky. We have a lot of land in Dublin that's close to the city where people don't have long, wouldn't have long commutes. Uh, so unlike a lot of other cities, we have land. We also have a lot of vacancy and low density, even in the city centre. There's a lot of derelict sites still. They tend to be the smaller sites. We have a lot of vacant upper floors. So there are lots of opportunities that other cities uh, don't have um, to consolidate what we have and to fit, fit more people uh, in the existing streets. When people talk about high rise, they often uh, think, well, this might be a very quick way to build. It might be a way to get more onto land and uh, housing might become cheaper uh, and it might happen more quickly because you can keep going. Um, I think we need to explain better to people why that isn't the case. Going higher doesn't make it any cheaper um, for two reasons. Firstly, when you can fit more on a site or when more is permitted on a site, that site becomes more valuable. Um, so it isn't the case that there's a smaller 
piece of the land to be paid for in each unit, there's the same amount to be paid effectively. But it also takes a lot longer to get the finance together, to get permission to do that development. So uh, that delay adds cost. And it's a more inefficient way of building because once you start to go very high, you still have to transport people up to the new apartments. So you start to eat into a lot of the floor area with lifts and with staircases and with ducts to pump water up and to take drainage down and to run electrical services and all of the other things that are needed. So when you go high, it starts to become much more inefficient and more expensive to build. And you'll see that in the research that the Department of Housing did themselves. It's about cost optimal to go about six floors, obviously uh, above and below that, depending on the size of the site and the size of development and the location. If we did decide on a massive jump in housing policy and that high rise was literally the only way to go, that we shouldn't build anything else, what impact would that have? If we were, for example, to decide tomorrow that every vacant site in Dublin could have a high-rise residential tower on it, uh, the knock-on effects of that would be enormous. Um, firstly, we would see land values skyrocket in, in those locations and in locations around them. Um, secondly, we would see uh, developers in a long process of looking for approvals probably on those sites and trying to finance them because you need to find a lot of finance for high-rise buildings. Then you would have the impact of, of other parts of the city development plan because if you suddenly put a thousand families in a new large building, their children need to go to school somewhere and that may not have been planned for. Um, the drainage and water supply to that part of the city may not have been planned for. The uh, public transport arrangements in that part of the city might not have capacity for that and it mightn't have been planned for. We know that high rise needs a lot more infrastructure, including sewage, increased traffic, um, extra schools and shops and everything that comes with having more people in a small amount of space. But what if, um, I know that Ireland doesn't always work like this, but what if we got that all right and put all those things into place and put two massive 40 storey residential only high rise buildings somewhere in the city? How would that work out for families living in the city? Well, there's a number of issues, I suppose, if you if you were to do that. Firstly, um, uh, it, it wouldn't mean that any of the housing would be cheaper than if it was spread out in more livable streets around the city. Um, secondly, it would probably be that uh, families wouldn't live there and we do need family housing because high-rise isn't suitable for children and there's plenty of research on that. Um, high-rise can be very isolating for other people as well. It's one thing to plan the city for people who are gone to work all day, but most that isn't most of the population, actually. Elderly people spend a lot of time time at home. People who have young children spend a lot of time at home. Um, so uh, housing has to be uh, for every generation and not just as a place to sleep for young working population. So the impact of, of doing that obviously would be that you might find you only have a certain type of population living there. Uh, which again doesn't help the life of the city, doesn't prevent sprawl because the families who want family homes would still end up commuting and that's not really going to uh, to solve that problem for them. We've, we've mentioned a lot how Dublin is a lower than low rise city. If we don't go high rise, should we at least go higher than we are currently going? Well, the latest city development plan actually allows a lot higher than people might imagine. Um, in large parts of the city uh, now up to nine floors of apartments is 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 the default um, in more sensitive areas it might be lower or at five stories uh, but that is that's quite dense and that's quite a leap from where we have been in Dublin at the moment so there is plenty of capacity there under the current development plan for um, a lot of, of development in the city. Music
So I'm back in studio here with Grania Nie. If you listened to the first episode of Ireland 2029, you'll know that we have this machine called the Great 2029 Forecasting Machine. Um, I don't know where it came from. I presume Volkswagen got it for us or something. I don't know. Yeah, it looks uh, kind of like the thing from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It, like, yeah, it does, but like a modern modern version obviously because it's the future now yeah exactly but what happens is is that we put all the ideas we've heard in this episode into the machine and it gives us a verdict so Grania um could you please turn on the machine yep where where is the where's the on button there it's uh, it literally it's the machine is basically one big on button like I don't know how the hell you're missing (laughs) it on it like (laughs) okay um put the ideas in there Two, three. Okay. And the verdict is completely possible, but we should probably hang on a minute. That's fair. I think I agree with that completely because from what we've heard is that it is possible. We could, if we wanted to, build an iconic high-rise skyline by 2029. But we're also at a stage now where we're back to this again, where the Irish economy could be about to overheat or it could be about to be plunged into recession. So the idea of going on this big building drive over the next 10 years to give us this iconic skyline, it probably really is not the right idea, right right time for that. There are a few things there that everyone agreed upon as well. Whether a building is tall or small, people are saying they need to meet specific requirements in that area. So what impact it has on it and how it affects the people that live and work in the area. Everyone also said that high rises aren't as suitable for the heart of Dublin city and that they should be pushed out to the extremities of the city, which is kind of what we've already provided for. But then you have developers saying we're having troubles even getting high buildings in those specifically designed areas. On the other hand, again, you have the Tara Street building going up and people being worried that people are going to look at that and say this is not suitable for this uh, part of the city centre. But then you'd also have some people who might look at that building and say, yes, brilliant. This is what Dublin needs to become. And I think that at the end of the day, what we need to look at is a combination of the best parts of what Orla Hegarty was saying and the best parts of what Paul O'Brien was saying. Orla was talking about how we need to focus in residential areas for mid-rise, high-density apartment buildings, which are affordable and don't take too long to build. What Paul O'Brien was saying is correct. We do kind of need some high-rise statement piece office buildings in the correct areas of Dublin to show that, you know, we are a modern city and that we are not just going to keep sprawling out and out and out. And when we talk about statement buildings in the city centre, that might sound jarring or garish at first or like a proposal on a paper. It might sound off. But think of the convention centre. It's a massive modern building on the banks of the Liffey and it worked with the skyline and people like it. So that's what we want. Um, it's not a high rise in the traditional sense, but it is quite out there. It is really tall, like, and but it's kind of literally it's multicolored. Not, it's not high rise vertically. It's you know <laughs> high rise at like that forty five degree it, angle. They tilted it to keep it within the <laughs> the, the, the maximum restrictions. 
Um, one other thing before we finish up is that we have mentioned Dublin, C- Dublin City Council a lot during this. So you did get a statement from Dublin City Council just around this whole area of building high rise in the city. So we asked Dublin City Council about what had changed based on Owen Murphy's guidelines. And they said that in assessing building applications, they still have to consider proximity to good public transport, con- contribution to placemaking and streetscape, daylight and microclimate impacts and the effect on the historic environment of the city. It also states that, and quote, the city council experience is that sustainable densities and good livable cities can be achieved by a considered combination of streets up to six storeys with landmark buildings at key locations, which is basically what we've heard. I think I speak for us and all other 20 something or 30 something year olds in Ireland that I hope by 2029, whether it's low rise, mid rise, high rise, underground, whatever, that we'll just be able to afford somewhere. Grania, thank you for your expert analysis. Thanks for listening to the second episode in this 10 part series on Ireland 2029. This episode was brought to you by producer Grania A, presenter and editor Nikki Ryan, series producer Orla Ryan, and executive producer Christine Bowen. Thanks to Paula Line, our contributors in this week's episode, and also to Belfield FM and UCD for use of their studio for our interview with Orla Hegarty. Ireland 2029 is a podcast from the Journal.ie, supported by Volkswagen. It's time for electric cars for the people. Discover the future of electric mobility with the Volkswagen ID family at Volkswagen.ie.